All right, welcome to Popular Liberty. It is April, you know, April 22nd in the year 2022 of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are coming to you with the, you know, the second installment of the post-libertarian moment. This, uh, I, this is something I really, really enjoy reading because I think you do a, such a good job of capturing what this thing is what this thing is not, and this is what we're about to get into today, is you know what is a, a a real like some hard definitions of what we're talking about, right? And why the you know why this movement or not really movement, why this moment uh, exists, yeah. and and uh, you know what we're actually called, and because uh, that's a uh, a big thing is we're always called post libertarians even though we're not. <laughs> Yeah, it's and that's like the whole that's the whole concept of defining this as a moment is and and like and it's um you know I'm I'm a fan of saying there's at least two answers to everything and like the post on the one hand the post libertarian moment happens every day when somebody who's interested in a certain set of ideas you know changes their perception or decides to you know call themselves something else but then it's also particular I think to the one two punch as I was just saying yesterday or or maybe this morning of uh, Donald Trump's election in 2016 and then the lockdowns of 2020. And I think whatever, I think politically speaking, right, this isn't about foundational economic ideas or anything like that, which is where this gets muddied. Politically speaking, I think those two data points really removes from the table the need for any kind of third party politics in America. Um, and more and And more importantly, it speaks to it, it requires people to take a different, I think, I think it requires you to take a different approach to politics. If you, and, and I, and coming from a libertarian tradition, like, you know, yeah, you, t you talked about like what, what you might call us. And I was, I've been thinking about that because I don't really, you know, my, my, I guess you could say my politics are in a state of flux, but in the same time, they're really, they're really not, you know, it's kind of, uh, it, it's almost, it's almost like moving beyond the need for labels in a certain sense. It's just, it is, it's yeah. accepting that politics is about winning and that's its mm -hmm. own. Um, it, that's its own thing. Yeah. I really like, you know, the way you just put that, that, you know, we've almost like moved beyond labels at, at this point because it's, it's almost gone to be to the point where it's not really ideological anymore. It's about, yeah, it's like, Yes, the our ideology informs our goals still, but the means and methods that we're willing to employ to get there are not ideological. I mean, they're not ideologically driven anymore. These are driven by basic economics and incentives. It's just a matter of what you know, what action you know gives us which result, and and you know, seeing that as a broad strategy across time. All we want is results and. You know, we've moved past this point where we want to, you know, really define and spread this message about liberty. We're just one. Like, let's go get it done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not even liberty. It's just property. Yeah. We're, we we don't even need, you know, the the you know these labels anymore. But you know, we do have that label praxian for praxis. You know, mm -hmm. we, we're trying to put these ideas into practice. Yeah. That's what praxis it means. And so the uh, so for here. We're like, I like what you, you know, we're going to, we, we got here last time and I want to go ahead and, and start where we left off at what it is. You want to go ahead and read it? Yeah, sure. 
So we are not discussing a movement, but a moment. That moment occurs when, in the face of lockdowns, a libertarian sees dogmatic professions of faith and popular democratic political strategies as insufficient methods of stopping government and corporate tyranny. No one can actually be a post-libertarian. That's it. <laughs> That's the whole yeah. concept here. Anything else is somebody labeling. Anything else is somebody ascribing a pejorative to another group of people. Yeah. Those who are called post-libertarians go by the name Praxian because their concern is not spreading a message, but achieving results. This is to say, without application, there is no point in theorizing what a perfect libertarian world would look like, nor is it useful to that perfect libertarian to use that perfect libertarian world as a baseline for determining right and wrong. There is no encompassing Praxian solution, and... Praxians are not monolithic. The authentic expression of being post-libertarian has been weaponized who by people who pretend that the world hasn't changed since Ron Paul ran for president in 2008. Given the power of the post-libertarian moment, Praxians have inserted themselves at the center of libertarian discourse in less than a year. LPMC members, agorists, professional economists, and other high-profile libertarians have all taken turns criticizing the moment without understanding what it is. That's a really good point. It's like I, I've never really heard good counter-arguments to you know, what we actually say. And I get that a lot personally, to where you know, once I started listening to you, it sounds like, oh, wow, he actually makes a lot of sense. This is not at all what I thought he what I thought he was saying. I thought this was just like some authoritarian right winger. And no, not at all. I'm actually, ex you know, explaining why we have these sorts of problems that we have right now. Why did this happen? And you know, where all of the other explanations are really just like falling flat. They're just repeating talking points that they were repeating in 2012. I mean, that, that was like the, you know, the, the kind of the final straw for me when I decided I'm going to get into this was, you know, uh, COVID was happening and the same exact points that they could have been that like, you know, you know, I love Dave, but he, you know, on his show, he was making the same exact points, you know, that he would have made in like 2000, you know, like 16, when I, I really, I started listening to him in like late 2017 or some, somewhere around there. And like, these were the same points. It's like, uh, I've heard all this before. This isn't, yeah, it's like, this clearly isn't helping. This isn't working. And Or how can you, how can we think it's like, so in particular, and we'll kind of get into this too. It's also, um, this is the, this is, this is, um, you know, and this is tied to our other series on the, they have uncrowned him. And I've been really mm -hmm. thinking about different segments of Christianity. Um, and I've split them up into three, at least in my mind currently, you know, the apostolic, which would be Catholicism and Orthodoxy. And then you have Protestantism. And then the third wave, we might say, the third wave, <laughs> we might say, is the evangelical, um, the evangelical, evangelical Christianity. Now, I say that to say this, which is mm -hmm. to say there is a certain evangelism within the kind of, within that libertarian, uh, evangelical libertarianism, if you will, that we're yeah. actually responding against because it is a libertarianism concerned as again, we'll kind of get what we're, we're going to cover this soon, but it is a libertarianism concerned only with the evangelize, the spreading of a message of liberty. Right. And there's, yeah. there's a, there's a time to, but as the, as the good book says, there's a time to reap and a time to sow. 
right? Yeah. So, so there is a, like so there's a point where you have to change tactics. Yeah, I mean, well, these guys, you know, I call them the cult of Kinsella because they're they're that hyper autistic atheist branch of libertarianism that is really they've they've adopted libertarianism as their religion because they have a god shaped hole in their heart and they're trying to fill that that hole with something and that and so when you see guys like Ace, you know, for or 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 Stefan Kinsella on Twitter, just like tearing into people and just be like, oh, that's not real libertarianism or that's not logically consistent or that's aggression or something like that to basically every idea anybody comes up with. Like that, you know, like these are people who have internalized this. They have a real sense of morality and they believe in a real morality from an atheist point of view, which is extremely inconsistent. I mean, this does not work at all. Well, and, it's like, and let's no those, morality. Those... This is just your opinion that you've internalized it your, as your religion. That, yeah. And you should just go to church for God's sake. Well, and the two, and the two people you bring up, I think we might, we might, we might bifurcate that as they're in the, they're in two different weight classes. I would, I would, I would argue. Yeah. Um, and somebody like Kinsella, you know, it was interesting because he I, I went on Mark Claire's show to talk about this essay and he like got upset afterwards. It was like, I don't feel like I understand this any better now after listening to this interview. And it was kind of like, well, I mean, no, you just didn't like what you heard. Like, yeah. you know, it was something about you know, and then, your and, bias. Right. And he latched onto like a part at the end where Mark was asking about like kind of like a, a like a semi spiritual experience I had one night. Like when I was out, you know, and I, and I took some edibles and stuff like, you know, like and he kind of like took that and then used that to like completely disparage the entire point of the conversation of these of, again, just how many of, you know, caught up in the, the Ron Paul movement and like wanting to spread this message. Again, this evangelism as I was kind of conceptualizing it, at least mm-hmm. at least myself. And then I, yeah. I, I, I and I separate that because I think I could I think I could. If I like sat and had a beer with Stefan Kinsella, I feel like I would smoke a cigar. I think he smokes cigars and drinks whiskey. And like, that's right up my alley. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I could sit and have a conversation with him and he might not agree with me. And he might say, well, you know, I've seen people like you come and go. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like, we'd, I feel like we'd have a good time. If you weren't talking about libertarianism, you two would get along. Yeah. Right. That's his religion. And it's like, I can tell you right now, that's his religion. If you touch it, he's going to get upset. Yeah. And that that was why Ace always got so butt hurt with me is I'm literally like drilling your know, holes into the foundation of his religion, and yes. yeah, and you know you can see where I'm getting those holes from my our other series as you mentioned that is they have uncrowned him mm-hmm. and because that just like completely obliterates the foundations of liberalism just in the first like three chapters. And right. Well, we and like, like a specifically to that atheistic liberalism as well. Yeah. Or, or we might even say if we want to be maybe a little more, um, I don't know, less religious, religious with the tone. Cause this just popped into my head is, is, um, it, uh, is, is like a, a, a system, a systemized way of thinking without incorporating a metaphysics. And that's yeah. that. That's effectively what atheism, what atheism in practice is, right? And certainly intellectualized atheism basically just foregoes yeah. the the requirement to. Uh, and I say this like personally as somebody who like I left metaphysics alone. You know what I mean? It was I recognize that it's like an important part, but it hasn't been a big area of my exploration until recently, yeah. right? I was more of I'm more of an epistemology guy personally. But most libertarians, especially the atheistic kind, are ethic are ethics driven, and ethic is all ethic is all about action, and 
it's funny because even like the concept of ethics, I think recognizes the fact that there's like multiple ways that you can live, you know, and like multiple oh, yeah. applications of something, which is to say what you are talking about is not an absolute, but you know, that's a philosophical discussion that I'm sure. And ethics is all about, because it's all about action. It has to be founded on metaphysics. So if you're an atheist, you really have no business talking about ethics at all, because by definition, you don't believe in metaphysics. And that, which is like the, the like the the science of causality, basically, or the philosophy, I should say, of causality, and that is one thing that causes another. And this was at the root of all my disagreements with Ace. It was that he and I have a very different metaphysics. You know, mm -hmm. I believe in abstract objects. I accept Platonism. He does not. Yeah. And because of that, you know, it's like our worldviews are literally uh, irreconcilable. He and I see the cause and effect of the world completely differently. And there's no point in having a conversation like that. And so when, uh, you know, like we're having like these sorts of discussions, it's like the people who really hate us the most are the ones who are like, you're hurting my religion. These are, and these are the people who always call us post-libertarians. Whenever you see someone out there, you know, referring to the post-libertarians, you need to or immediately say- The ism is a, too, huh? like post-libertarianism in particular. Yeah. yeah that's Because that's no usually what they'll, yeah. Yeah. Is like, like these are people who have internalized uh, the uh, you know libertarianism as their religion, and the you know, even if they say they're Christian, no, nah. <laughs> the uh, you know what they what they've really done here is they've internalized this as as their religion. They're seeing us attack their religion uh, religion at, at its foundational level, and they're reacting accordingly that is this is an anti-heresy mechanism that and they respond with that. apologetics right so it's 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 activating mm -hmm. the same kind of system it does it's um but it's like a it's like the again the one two punch is that you also don't realize it right so like if you're I if i if i decided to take and be like all right well i've rejected jesus and you know i'm gonna go on an anti-catholic screed now you're, you would be ready for it and you knew you know you would know it's coming you would know it's coming and you'd be ready to defend it Whereas the person who doesn't recognize that they have like that they fit that they have faith that they rely on dogma is like the ba the basic way in which you can understand the world. That person, when they're when they're confronted with, uh, well, when when it they're confronted only be with faith by property alone, it's like that's like that's their faith alone, or yeah, so, you know, or scripture. And when they say scripture alone, we only need to be reading. You know, if only people would read, you know, Rothbard, if only they would read Mises or Hoppe, if only they would read our sacred text, if only they would read the Bible alone. You know, it's like, and don't, don't listen to authority, don't listen to anybody else who has, you know, a, you know a, any sort of contrary fact. You know, our economics is not empirical at all. Therefore, it is not subject to any sort of counterfactual. And, the, you know, like, you can't possibly prove it wrong except by logic and... You know, because that's where they feel most comfortable arguing, even when their logic actually doesn't work, really work all that well in theory, because, again, they don't have a metaphysics. Then uh, with the exception of the Christians, <laughs> of the Christian libertarians, they do and they can make it work. This is why Christian libertarianism is the only kind that works. Uh, and uh, even then, it's like you still have to be more Christian than libertarian because libertarianism assumes some some things about the world which are not consistent with Christianity 
but you can dismiss those pretty easily and still carry a, quite a lot of libertarianism. With well, you. and even even when we talk about liberalism and, you know, or not liberalism, but let's just say like some of the better liberal principles, because I think there's a tendency to dogpile on, yeah. you know, I, th I think there's a bill to the to the point to where Christianity built civilization. Right. Like liberalism would carry some of that through, which is to say this. I heard recently, I think it was Tim Cast, maybe it was some other like more like mainstream place, but it was that. You know, it's like, what was Adam? The whole the whole business of the Constitution was meant for a moral society. Was meant for a moral society, without a society that values morals as a cultural artifact. Or maybe this was maybe this was Pete's stream. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was a good. It was a good thought. Whatever it was. The point being, like, like even like the framers of the Constitution weren't people who thought, well, an immoral culture could can take this and like have a good functioning, healthy society. They, oh, yeah. they, they thought like, so this is about, this is to the point of how after over time, over generations, how an idea can become degraded as well. And so like, you know, where we're in the narrow focus of libertarianism, there's a broader focus to be had, I think within, um, you know, I would argue within the broader American pop polity, let's say. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've made that point uh, before as well that, yeah. you know, the, uh, like, this thing really doesn't work. This libertarianism thing, it doesn't work unless you have a, it, unless it's like grounded in Christianity. And actually this whole civilization thing doesn't work, but that's our other podcast. But, you know, we we, we get into that on a, They Have Uncrowned Him and that series, a three-part series of episodes out right now. And uh, you should all definitely check that out. Yeah, so let's move on to the next page. Yeah, so the next, so the next section why is happened. why it happened. So one does not need... It's funny how I don't even know. Like I said, it's kind of in a flux on this part of like where I where I find myself personally standing. But whatever. I think for I think for better or worse, I'll always be part of I'll, the libertarian label will always be like a part of my uh, political makeup just because it's an easy identifier. Um, so one does not need to reject libertarianism in order to see that there has been a dulling of rhetoric. This is where I get a little nasty. I'll be honest. Yeah. There are libertarians who would defend government lockdowns and vaccine mandates. There are libertarians who would defend the rioting of 2020. There are even libertarians who call themselves socialist. Many of these so-called libertarians operate within the libertarian party. The LPMC's takeover is an attempt to change this. The goal is then to bring a principled libertarian message to Americans, to wake them up to the message of liberty. The post-libertarian moment is recognizing how many Americans are already awake and never truly cared. Turns yes. out, most people will do as they're told. And turns out, people in power have some really dark ambitions. This is to say... Modern methods of propaganda allow for a greater degree of social control than what a libertarian may heretofore have believed. The Praxians have arisen out of the post-libertarian moment, united by the mission of how, how to combat this new form of tyranny where your body may be free, but your mind is enslaved. And I, and I really like you know, what you said right here, that the post-libertarian moment is recognizing exactly how many Americans are already awake. And they, it's like, they don't care. Liberty, like, again, 
my name, why am I called Popular Liberty? It's an ironic name because liberty is not popular at all. It's like, it's not that people haven't really heard the libertarian argument. They've heard it. They don't care. It's like that, that like the, a lot of times, because usually when you get like one or two, le one or two questions in is about where it happens, where they ask, they start asking, well, hey, what about roads and bridges? What about, uh, you know, teachers and cops and stuff like this? And this is where you start losing people with libertarianism because what you're and and you're not losing them because they don't like like the idea of liberty per se. The reason that you're losing them, you know, when you when they start asking you these questions about how this thing would work, you know, this one service or this function of government would work without a government, because the whole function of government isn't like those particular services. The function of government is actually to be a monopoly on violence. This thing is a monopoly on aggression. And that's and that's where you should realize aggression isn't like the problem. Aggression is like the service they're providing. Like this is not a problem for the people. They like it. You know, this is like the service that they're paying for and they're paying for it to be used against you. <laughs> and the and so when you're saying that that hey we're going to run on no more like easy aggression no more easy fixes with violence and force and you know and I say and I of course I say that as a like a guy who's read Rothbard read Hoppe I know what I know these things don't work it's like I'm not arguing that they do and they they definitely do not work but that's not the thing that the, the, you know it's like the service that they're at the, the state is actually selling to the people is an aggressively imposed order and they like it they're willing to pay for it so when you're going in selling liberty saying that you're going to take that away from them it, it, like this is not going to sell this is this is exactly why it's not because that you know they, it's not that they don't like aggression and, and are trying to get away from it it's that they do like it and they want more of it i mean what happened in 2020 you know okay there's a crisis coming along what do the people want a lot more government it's like they didn't demand liberty it's like it's like only after it got taken away you know i mean and some of the lockdowns were just like incredibly you know uh uh like uh they were incredibly totalitarian they were and they, and uh and but i mean it was only in like the, some of those worst places where you had real real pushback let's talk about this in terms of specialization for a second though right like let's talk about this in terms of specialization like in particular right you and i are somebody who's are people who and, and and most of the people listening to this i would argue are like probably spend an inordinate amount of time examining the news cycle analyzing current events researching topics like economics and you know political philosophy and and other and you know biology and physics and chemistry and, like that's a very small subset of the population. And in fact, you know, if you understand like bell curves and everything, there's only so many people that are actually capable of grasping the thought in its totality. So I've said a lot recently on my show is like, it's not about, and like, this is where like, we're kind of trained backwards, especially with the university system is it's actually, you know, it's not about having an academic debate. Those are very, those are, those have a use, but it's use is more for like building culture and leisure purposes and exploration is, it's mm -hmm. what's more important is when you can take something complex and make it simple. I e and the easiest example of this is the device you carry with you every single day. The smartphone is a very complex piece of machinery that's designed to have somebody who doesn't know how it works operate it. You know, like I, I was just watching the Marjorie Taylor Greene testimony today, 
And, you know, the judge at one point, the judge at one point said, you don't want me to touch a computer, right? It's the little box that I, the little box with a screen that I just kind of, you know, that I kind of look at, right? But I'm sure that judge can read his emails, you know, I'm sure he's typed, I'm sure he's typed on his computer before. So the question isn't, can we construct a complicated understanding of the world vis-a-vis Rothbard? The, 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 the conversation is, how can we give that to the mass of people who aren't, who don't care, who don't care enough to, who, who don't have, because they have more pressing concerns, right? This isn't like, yeah, this isn't, this is, this isn't an admonishment. This is a, again, this is a matter of specialization. This is a matter of leadership. This is a matter of what do you, how do you, how do you perceive your role? right mm -hmm. with the broad with the broader community that you're a part of and that's where the that's where i would argue the the radical the radical individualism that kind of that, that kind of manifests itself we might say in a college milieu um and like reinforced by a progressive society becomes becomes like a negative feedback effect because you don't care about the community you don't care about the broader people because it's just about what i want and again well it's like okay we're here again, we're having a political conversation here. As soon as you've entered a political conversation, you've kind of given up that you've kind of given up the arguments on whether or not you're trying to make statements for a broader society or a broader people, I would argue. Uh, but you just got you got to go back to that, that they don't care. Like you can make all of it. This is why, you know, I'm so against the like I'm not like against the idea of spreading the message or and waking people up. I just recognize this is not going to work because people one don't care and two are for the most part are already awake and it and it's like and they're not buying what you're selling it's like they, you don't have customers that you think you do this is not like a a population that once they hear uh rothbard for the first time they're going to be like oh wow i never thought of that you don't hurt people and take their stuff i can't believe i never thought of that <laughs> well, like and, and i'll be honest i never really had personally never really had this perception I enjoyed the Thanksgiving conversations about, mm -hmm. you know, drug legalization. You know, like I, I kind of enjoyed that as like a fun intellectual yeah. conversation that I had with my family members or friends, or I would say, Hey, here are the thing, here are the insights that I find from it. But it, you, you know what I mean? Like, but it was it never, never, for me, it was never about that. conversion. Yeah. It never goes beyond that. You know, it's, it's like, that's why most people, you know, most libertarians want to be libertarians is that it's kind of a contrarian idea that most people have, not quite considered is like they got they they understand it you know instinctively but instinctively they also reject it you know for all of the same reasons and that's why it never goes beyond it and it is it's not going anywhere people already feel like they're free uh you know within the exception of like you know 2020 2022 and uh now they kind of want some freedom back and they might be a lot a little bit more willing than normal to go for a libertarian and instead of and and you know this is well no but I'll I'll, I'll use the, the I'll use a rhetorical flourish here because like I've been thinking a lot about rhetoric and like philosophy and the differences between that but like I'll use a rhetorical flourish here instead of having the conversation about how we can make the country better we want to have conversations and this just was a recent Twitter exchange I had about why New Hampshire is better than Florida it's like I, I like why are you trying to make New Hampshire a thing like I I, I for the people who live there yeah. I wish you all the best. I have zero desire to live in the Northeast. If I was going to live in the Northeast of the United States, it probably wouldn't be there. And Florida has sunshine year round and like triple and like 30 times the population. Oh, yeah. So, it's, so like, so let's not, it's like this weird, it, it's, it's funny because like they buy into the egalitarian delusion when it suits them. 
because it's like I'm supposed to I'm supposed to compare these things as apples to apples. And my point isn't to disparage the advancements of New Hampshire. My point is like the the pure libertarianism, right? This religious libertarianism, this evangelical libertarianism yeah. is 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 insisting that the rhetoric must be well no, New Hampshire passed more bills. Um New pa New Hampshire passed more bills than Florida did. Uh and even though they all haven't been signed by the governor but New Hampshire passed more bills that were better, including something about, I'm sorry, this is just a specific thing that happened of like guns on snowmobiles, you know? And then like, and then somebody gave me a lecture about how, uh, how Florida banned open carry to discriminate against the Cubans. And it's like, Oh, that's the first time I'm ever hearing this is a Cuban American. It's like maybe the Marielitos, but those were criminals that Fidel put on a boat when he said, okay, all the, all the people who want to go to America, you can. And then, so you had like people who were trying to like escape communism. And then mm -hmm. Fidel just opened up all the, all the criminals, all the prisons. And he put all the prisoners on the boat and said, here, America, this is your problem. So maybe that could get construed into some left-wing political talking points about how you're discriminated against Cubans. But like the reality is, is I'm pretty sure there were Cubans who voted for that bill because it was 1987. Ronald Reagan was president and we had just, and we were, passing assault weapons bans at the federal level like the second amendment the whole second amendment conversation was different at that point so it's like yeah, very different point in time very different party <laughs> you want to say you want to say that that uh this is like the, uh, the this is not the party of ronald reagan this is not the party of, party of george w bush again yeah. we, the, you go back just one slot just uh one page to pe this is people who haven't updated their uh they haven't updated their ideas since 2008. yeah as i and, say they're living in a moment yeah, they're living in the libertarian moment, which was like the first part that we talked. So let's move on to uh, what it is not. Yes, because this is actually pretty crit pretty critical and short, but really yeah. really needs to be said. Right, and I and I felt it's necessary because it's often it's often the first you know it's often one of the first uh, follies you know kind of sent out whenever first anybody smears. yeah airs off of well I guess what I would call today a liberal path. The post-libertarian moment is not about race essentialism. Reacting to the race essentialism of progressives only serves the regime. The alt-right were stooges who chose to follow the red herring of racism along with most of left-wing America and all of popular culture. Racism in America is the oldest and most persistent method of social control. The Praxian recognizes how elites exert social control and design against it. The post-libertarian moment is not about embracing statism. The statism paradigm popularized within libertarianism is outdated in a world where Facebook controls what you are allowed to see more than the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. Corporate responsibility is just a useful is just as useful an avenue of implementing a radical progressive agenda as the FBI or Department of Education is in 2021. The Praxian accounts for this, and the Libertarian really does not. And yeah, this is like a point I was making not er not earlier. Actually, I think it was earlier today. It might have been yesterday, but you know where I draw the line with a private company is, are you aiding the government or not? It's like, if you're aiding the gut, if you're aiding the state, why should I see, you know, if you're doing these act, taking these actions on behalf of the state, why should I respect you as private property? It's like, they're not censoring, like understand, like Twitter and Facebook and all these, and YouTube, they're not censoring us because 
you know, they feel some corporate responsibility. They're doing it because they got dragged, their CEOs got dragged in front of the Congress and, you know, they got given, the, you know, they got basically a good old fashioned shakedown behind closed doors. They say, hey, if you don't start censoring for us, we're going to start regulating you. And this is where that, this is where that comes from. It's like, the, you know, they're doing this on behalf of the government so they, they can avoid regulation. And I'm sorry, I don't respect that. You know, it's like, you know, if they were actually just, if they actually stood their principles and said, no, make me. And, and then they were made to, I'd be like, okay, I, I respect that a little more. And I could at least say, okay, well, it's not their fault. They, they are legitimately being forced into this. And at least then we could have a constitutional battle about it. And we could, in the, in the courts. And, but we can't even do that because frankly, they kind of want to censor. And now they're, they just, they've just been looking for the excuse. Now they have it. And because they're a bunch of progressives. And yep. so if you're going around saying, hey, this is the private company, if they want to, you know, if they want to help it, help out the state, that's fine. You know, if, if uh, you know, Amazon, if, you know, if they, if they want to be the ones to load us on private boxcars all the way to the private concentration camp, that's fine. You know, it's a private company. Uh, yeah, it's like this is like you're you're basically they're arguing for like a free a free ride on a boxcar to the hill they're going to die on. Well, That's and this is the point that I make. I make this point in the last in the last section, I think, where I say, "Hang on, uh, blah, 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 blah. no, it's in the it's in the first part. Um, it's um, without application. There is no point in theorizing what a perfect libertarian world would look like, nor is it useful to use that perfect libertarian world." as a baseline for determining right and wrong. So, so, so you, your causality is backwards in re, in effect, when you take, if you apply the, you know, a, 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 a court, a public private distinction that no longer exists. Right. And, and in fact, probably really hasn't existed. And that's just like a formal, that's just like a formal state analysis. We might say, if we go one level deeper and we go to a more informal power analysis where we try to map the way I like animating ideas like are are being acted out throughout society on a broad scale. Right. This cult, the cult of woke. Right. The intersectionality, the diversity, equity and inclusion, this the, the queer theory, the way that these ideas manifest throughout power centers and the way they've been able to take over power centers, you really start to see how a, a, an insistence upon public private distinctions uh, is, is I, again, I, again, this is about, I, I put this in, in the frame of recalibration. You're not actually fighting tyranny. You're not, you know, fuck authoritarianism. You're not fighting tyranny. If you're focused on a public, if you're still focused on the public private distinction. In fact, and you're, that's you're... only one mode of tyranny. Yeah, that's only one. That's only one avenue. And yes, to, it is still a very, very important paradigm. But you can't use it as the only one anymore because the elites have figured out ways around that now. Yep. And this, you know, and again, this is another point I make about how a apraxian recognizes how elites exert control. They are these are not one trick ponies. Like they're elites for good reason. Yeah, and they're not nearly as dumb as we like to pretend that they are. They are unimpressive. I will give you that. They are unimpressive because they're truly transparent about it and they're bad at this. But they have multiple avenues. They have the banks. They have the uh, basically all corporations. They have uh, you know all kinds of government money, all kinds of welfare, all kinds of influence campaigns. They have all kinds of different things where you know they have both. And you know even when it comes to like spying, 
they just get other governments to do it for them. You know, like you, you ever heard of the five eyes of like the intelligence agencies? Well, it's like, okay, the CIA is not allowed to spy on Americans. So what do they do? They go get the Brits and MI6 to do it for yeah. them and then send them the information. Oh, oh, hey, I think you've got a bad guy over here you might need to check on, wink. And then right. we turn around and spy on them for them. And yeah. so when it comes out, they're like, oh my God, America's spying on our allies. It's like, we, they know. It's like, they're letting us do it. It's like, they, they're they, they, they fully aware that we're spying on, on them. They want us to do it because we're sending them the information on their own citizens because they're not allowed to spy on their own citizens. So they get their allies to do it for them. And they just subvert the constitution this way. It's like to say that this, this is like a, a public private distinction or it's even a my government or somebody else's government distinction. These, yeah, let's spend, these, these paradigms don't work at correct. all. And let's, let's, let's focus on one more, which is just racism is the oldest and most yes. persistent method of social control. That is, it doesn't matter what the, it doesn't matter what direction you point the race, the quote unquote racism, right? The discrimination based off of, let's say, phenotypic manifestations of, you know, of, of, yeah, phenotypic differences in, in human, in, in Homo sapiens, right? Like that, like the, the, it's, it's, it's not about, it's not actually about hating another group. It's about the power that you get from having a group of people hate another group of people. And mm -hmm. as as again, as the elite, what the elite can do with that power. So for most of most of American history, that racism was focused on the black community, right? The slaves who were, you know, the freed slaves and the and they and Jim Crow and all the all the nasty progressive eugenics that that like basically we have we've inherited and inherited. I mean, people who were born in the United States when we were born in the United States. Right. We've we've we, yeah. we have no choice but. To make, but to have that be a part of our history, but that's but but to the point is, the the alt right of 2016, which did exist, right? The alt right they they fell they yeah. fell for the ploy, right? It's like this, it, this was something I always remember. Rush Limbaugh always used to talk about about, and it, you know that you know the demand for racism and racists is quite a lot higher than the supply, mm -hmm. and here these idiots come. You're like, oh, I'll be the fly. Hi, I'm a racist. Look at me. I'm yep. a Nazi. And, and it's like, what happened to them? They got nuked. Well, yeah, you have a like, probably everyone hates racists. You have a, probably a bunch of average to below average people in, you know, IQ speaking who are Very uh, who, below average. who who have who who to in their defense have been told that they are the problem. They are the ill of society their entire life. Right. And they mm -hmm. don't have they don't have the answers to try and respond against it. And their, their very being is under attack. And so they say, well, screw you. You know, I just read this study and this study shows that there are differences across races in terms of IQ. It's like, okay, Thomas Sowell kind of does away with that. And, and, and frankly, Mer and, and even yeah. the bell curve itself isn't making the case that, that the, like the alt-right and the race essentialists think yeah. it's making because the bell curve is, is in itself a response to the conception that where there is a, disparity in outcome racism must be the culprit from a social policy standpoint and that has been the adopted that has been the social policy de jour of government for again let's say the new society so 50 years 50 60 years is to say where there is a disparity in outcome it must be due to racism right and and so understanding that like behavior and you know behavior and your behavioral temperament and your general intelligence is actually a better predictor for that completely turns that narrative upon its head and so and it actually would it would actually enable a far 
a far more cohesive social policy if people would adopt that. But they don't for you know reasons that we could we could get into. But to the point is because racism offers a method of social control. This is why Nancy yeah. Pelosi put the stole on with the African uh, with the African theme and knelt in the halls of Congress to literally establish the new the new progressive civic religion. Like that, that like quite literally, uh, quite literally was done in a, but also has again that deeper metaphysical consequence. Yeah, it's like it, when you understand that everything they're doing is about control. If they're talking about it, it's because they want to control it. If they're talking about Ukraine, it's because they want to control Ukraine. If they're talking about Russia, it's because they want to control Russia. Even and even they, Elon Musk, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, like I, yeah. I, I like Elon Musk wants to control wants to control people. I think he might do a slightly better job than some other people. So like, I'm kind of cool with it so far, you know, maybe I'll turn on him. I'll turn on him when it's necessary to. Right. But it's like, I'm not, I'm the well, naivete. I mean, then there's the benefit of, Hey, there's one, you know, with him is one King, one guy in charge. And we all know who it is. When something yeah. goes wrong, it's his fault. And yeah. And we all know who to blame. That's the benefit of monarchy. When something goes wrong, there's accountability. We know who to blame. And look at and look at the counter. Look at the opposite, which was these, which is when these companies became publicly traded, and everybody looked to the king, aka Jack Jack Dorsey, but mm-hmm. the king had no the king had no power, right? In and in, in in that actual thing, his power had been taken away from him by the advisors, right? Well, by the state, really. It's like the state was the one who dragged him in, and uh, he was like he really was a free speech guy. Uh, but yeah, you know, he I mean he did a legitimately good job of it up until like 2017 when he got hauled in front of Congress and was given the shakedown. And at that point, he's like, all right, I know what I'm going to do now. They're, they're actually are threatening me. So yeah, this is, and uh, when, like when Alex Jones got banned, you know, he, like everyone, ba- like everyone except Twitter banned him on the same exact day. And Twitter waited like a week and a half to ban him. That's and, they, and they, uh, and like, they were like, and they were facing withering criticism that entire time because Jack Dorsey didn't want to do it. And that was the, that was the whole reason. It's like a, the, the woke progressives absolutely wanted to ban Alex Jones. Jack Dorsey did not. But, you know, hey, the, these are, this is, this, this is the state. And they have all kinds of ways of, you know, getting around this, this public-private distinction. They have all, all kinds of ways of using race, sexual, and all kinds of different identity politics. Well, and, you know, you know, again, people. for the people who pay attention, you know that the people who are working in the Obama administration then went to go work for Facebook. Right. Like yeah. the, this. And that, those are the people who like established the Facebook government groups that fed like millions of dollars potentially illegally to different municipalities across the country. Right. So it's like you and same thing with the same thing with the press outlets. You Jen Psaki is going to be on MS, Jen Psaki is probably going to have a primetime slot on MSNBC if she doesn't stay with the Biden administration. Oh, she could go to CNN plus. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> Up too soon. I will buy it for CNN Plus for forty three dollars. Yeah, final <laughs> offer, best and final. <laughs> I mean, shit, man. You know, somebody already developed an app. You may as well buy it. Um, yeah. But it's you know, but like, but to the point is, again, to this is like this is the informal. This is like informal power, right? There's the formal analysis of going before Congress and then whatever happened behind the scenes, and then there's also just like the the general like shuffling of people as they move between different jobs and the ideas that they embody and imbue and then manifest and act out in their everyday life. And so you can and you can follow those you can follow those trends as well to see again how the social control is exerted across the population. What does it mean? Though many would choose to, it is not wise to live in a moment. 
it does it doesn't matter whether that moment is with Ayn Rand in 1960, Ron Paul in 2008, or some future place where all your dreams come true. Some will face the post-libertarian moment, reject it, and remain unchanged. The Praxian, by contrast, embraces the moment, consumes its significance, and begins to ask new questions as a result. The libertarian. I want to stop right there. Go just for it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of meat in these next couple yeah. of sections. Like, so let's let's stop right there because the, the uh, you know though many would choose would choose to, it is not wise to live in a moment. Why? Because it necessarily means you're living in the past. Like we said, the people who are most against us are the ones who made this thing their religion, and they are living in 2008. And I mean, I can think of like you know several prominent names off the top of my head. Who just hate my guts and uh, these are the people i immediately i like you know scott Fortman. dude does not like me and i you know it's a mutual feeling he's a lefty and he really doesn't like matt erickson because you know and uh basic and, and like the reason why is like he's stuck in 2006 he still thinks it's 2006 and the republicans are still like you know you know like three years into the iraq war like that's the world he still lives in and you know, and when it comes time to like adapt to like, oh, there's a new thing here with like Ukraine or or in China, it's like he, he's not prepared. He doesn't understand it, and he doesn't have nearly the, uh, you know, the, the 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 mind, you know, the, the the memory to actually go go through all this. He doesn't have all that all that fact base. He doesn't understand all this stuff. So you know, and, and so, but but and he's really not good on when it comes to like. You know, ba your basics of libertarianism, uh, like, uh, uh, and like, I mean, he's a, really a one-trick pony. And so here, so the, he's going to be like ultra insecure when it comes like, to like Matt Erickson coming on to like Pete's show and just drilling hole after hole after hole in the uh, in the foundation of, li of libertarianism. And this is where this guy, you know, will come on and start just like, oh god, I can't stand these post-libertarian bastards or whatever. Or he'll come on to like my Twitter feed or whatever. And be like, would you at least give them a trial? And, and like, which was like, not at all what I was talking about. <laughs> and, and so the, the uh, and I'm just like, I'm just going to like brush this guy off. It doesn't matter what I say to him. He's going to hate me no matter what. So, you know, fuck him. And the, and, uh, and it, guys like him who will never move forward. It's like, he can never move past that. Like, imagine like trying to convince him that he needs to become a Republican and because the party of Trump is a very new party that really doesn't like war and would really like to hear his anti-war message and would be very receptive to it. And he, he, will never, he would never do it. He could never do that. Like if you nominate him to speak at the convention, he could probably stomach it for a, an hour or two. Well, I was going to say, I think if you pay, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, I, no, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm just more wishful thinking. <laughs> It, Go yeah, ahead, that's wishful thinking. You want yeah. him to change his party registration? Forget it. It's like, no, no, no. But I'm. That. But you know, like if if instead of, well, yeah, if, if instead of the if instead of the architecting of the LPMC, if it wasn't about going and that's taking over his baby, by the way, yeah. right? That's the, the I, one who I, came I, up yeah, with that, that idea. <laughs> like it, right. he was the one who recruited everybody for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well. I, yeah, and so that's, and I think that's the other problem. It's like we're we're literally we're literally just disagreeing with his grand strategy. And I I I have a lot of respect for Scott yeah. for what he's done for the personally, like for the for the terror wars and like his and 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 his and his encyclopedic knowledge. Um, 
that does not a strategic that does not a strategist make um it's it's a different it's it's again let's go back to a word i used before specialization um so this is uh i don't know i i think again it's it's a it's a you know at the end of the day if you're going to if you're going to pick up the game this is you know it's funny because matt matt and i had an exchange before we like before we ever talked behind the scenes or like or not even behind the scenes before we ever were on a podcast together or like had a private correspondence he had it was something of like you know politics is politics is war by other means and so and that's why the libertarian isn't going to make it. And I'm like, well, what if the, what if, you know, as talking as myself is like, well, what if you recognize that it is, it's like, well, you better be willing to do what it takes. And it's, you know, it's like, well, yeah, it turns out that's turns out, you know, it's, it's actually, it is a matter of stomaching it. And again, to the point of allies and, and building coalitions and like, how do you ask? It is a matter of, it is a matter of swallowing your pride. Right. And saying, you know what? Specifically to the point, because one thing I do disagree with Are Scott you on to sacrifice for the greater good. Yes, or right. No? Well, but one thing I do disagree with him profusely on is this whole is this whole like weird thing where he's he seems stuck in the George W. Bush uh, Republican Party and blaming the blaming the people of the Republican Party. Yeah, um, it is you know the 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 propagandized people, right? And it's and and I can understand. And it's difficult when you take this path that we've taken, right? And that he's taken too of exploration and like researching things in detail. And then you look at everybody else and you're like, how do you not see this? Him but again, people should know, should have had this post libertarian moment a long time ago. Yeah. But he again, we go. No, the reason he, you know, the reason he hates the people is he spent so much time convincing, trying to convince these people. And he convinced quite a lot of them. And there was a lot more that just like straight up rejected him. Why? Because you're, you look like team enemy. You look like a, a like some some hippie, and you kind of sound like one too. And you're and you're not a Republican, and you kind of hate Republicans. So what? So what, how are they going to see you? How are they supposed to see you? Like they're going to look at you like you're a leftist because you kind of are, and you know, and, and you're in part of this Libertarian Party, which really is the leftist party. And so yeah, maybe that's a recent development, but you know, before then, you're not wearing their team. You're you're, you're communicating to them, I'm not on your team. And therefore, you should listen to me. It's like, no, that's exactly wrong. It's literally the opposite. What you should have done first was convince them that you are on their team and that you're trying to protect. You're the one trying to protect them. It's like, like if you ha- if you were wearing that Republican logo, saying the exact same things, you would have been so much more more effective. And uh, uh, because you're signaling to them that you're the in group, not the out group, by starting from the out group, starting from the Libertarian Party, or starting from just an independent you're signaling that you're not on their team and that you're not here to, you're not here to defend them. You're here to like win an argument with them. They don't, they're not going to like that. As it's a fundamentally different perception of you know, how to deal with people that like a praxium will employ. They, because they understand a lot more of these nuances of, you know, that, you know, uh, like red team and blue team are real things and people, people, you know, the, the elites in order to control people, they use in-group and out-group signaling racism like we were just talking about was one of them that is an out that is a way of signaling out groups and you know when they call when they call you a racist it has nothing to do with whether you are an actual racist or not it is just simply signaling that's an out group that's an enemy that's the enemy precisely and that's all it's about so when the- you work when you are like a libertarian wearing a libertarian logo you are signaling i am team enemy to and you want to appeal to republicans or democrats forget it <laughs> yeah you know? It's like you're you're the enemy. Big L. Let's make. Let me. I think. I think L. we would agree. Yeah. The big. The big L is That's key here I mean. because 
you know, because it wasn't that long ago that libertarians were a part of, were at least a portion of the Republican well, Party. And I think we could be again, you know, or, or at least the praxis. People were be. very, people were very receptive to both Ron Paul and Donald Trump with their anti-war messages. Mm-hmm. There, was, there were some people who still disagreed with it. Well, dude, but, and if you JD Vance's campaign is like, in, you know, Donald Trump Jr., they are hitting that hard. The oh, se- yeah. you know, sending the sons to die, man. It's it is it's it's like, and it and it's that's one of those things. Is like, why yeah. don't you see it? And 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 so okay. here's let's let's and so in answering to. that in answering that question, that's where I came up with this in trying to because okay, so for example, some again, Dave Smith, love him. He's oh, what his thing to do with racism is always to say, well, I don't know what that means, right? Okay, well, I'm a sense maker. I'm making sense of how people use the term racism, and the re- the way people use the term racism, as you're saying, is is signaling an outgroup that that person is an enemy. But moreover, it's a method of social control. Yeah, and when you don't, you know, try to use the same exact techniques when you when you refuse to call them rumors, you could or call them pedophiles. It's like you, it's like the point of this isn't that they actually like diddling kids. Many of them actually do want to diddle kids. You know, okay, so leave that there. A lot of them actually are pedophiles and actually are groomers. But the point of it is merely to use this word as a cudgel against them. Yes. Let's also let's not get too far down this rabbit hole. But I think there's um there's a secondary aspect of it in in terms of genetic death. That is that is like that is more in the grooming than the than the actual diddling. Yeah. If 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 you will. Um, yeah, that, that yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole just yet. But that's a really good. That is another really good point. But if you're like, yeah, if you are, you know, you know, kind of just you're seeing these things and you're trying to just dispel it altogether. That's not what you're supposed to do. You don't like, you know, you take a weapon and then just drop it. You take a weapon and use it, it's, or like you take their weapon from them and use it against them. Well, and so, as our as our friend Pete uh, has said, how often has how often has the term free press been used as a weapon against good good minded Americans? All right, the, the, the free press, free speech. Oh, and that's why we have. That's why. That's why we're supposed to pretend a communist's voice has equal weight in society, it doesn't. right? It doesn't. it doesn't. It shouldn't. They they believe they believe in bad ideas, and right? Like ideas. They can they you know they can you know you can pat them on the head and shove them along, but now they're in positions of power and we have a problem. Um, and and to the point. Let's move on to the second paragraph. Yeah. Ready? The libertarian prescription to the post-war order is out of date. What might have helped the so-called liberal democracies of the late 20th century will not work as we enter a new decade. A narrow libertarianism, a corporate libertarianism, if you will, focuses on the state and justifies corporate tyranny. A narrow libertarianism focus, uh, focuses on opposition to the duopoly while ignoring the incentive of power. A narrow libertarianism defends an unrealized ideal online, but scoffs at the idea of taking steps to make so much money. Taxation is a nuisance. Let's take each of those sentences in turn. Okay, yeah. So the, yeah. So what might have helped the po- the, the the liberal democracies of the late twentieth century will not work. So the narrow libertarianism focuses on the state and justifies corporate tyranny. I think we've covered that. So I think we've covered that well enough before before we got to this point. A narrow libertarianism focuses on opposition to the duopoly while ignoring the incentive of power. This is very much this is very much a hat tip to your conception of arcotropism and really just recognizing the thing that the left has seen our entire life, which is that there is an incentive to power. And so you may as well capitalize on it. Yeah. 
this thing exists. I, I like, and you know, to lead into the next with archotropism to lead into the next question, you know, justifying corporate tyranny. It's like you know, you have to understand this is these the state and the corporations are in a symbiotic relationship. Like these two are. It's like it's, it's not like private and public. It's like these are the same team. It's tyrants versus people, and the and these the tyrants are on the same team. And so if you're saying, oh, like end the corporate welfare or whatever, it's like you're saying end like socialism to all of their cronies who helped them get elected. As, as, like saying, oh, this is something we should all agree on. And it's like, I'm just like, no, no. Thomas. That is not at all what they're going, they, they will not agree with you on that. Because it's like, this the whole point of this is as a slush fund and that you don't see this as, as you know, for the industrial complex, it is. Even though they know that this is an industrial complex, it's designed to get you know, politicians reelected. So it's like, why do you think politicians are ever going to vote vote against something that helps them get elected, kind of for cheap? And it's like they get to take money from you, give it to corporations who launder it, launder it back into their campaign funds. This is the easiest thing that they've ever invented. They're never giving this thing up, and the and that you want to run on it. You know that you want to run against it. You know signals that one, the corporations are going to hate you. They're going to spend, you know do whatever it takes to make sure you don't get elected and you don't get any power. You don't get anywhere near power. And that and for the politicians, even if you get in, Mitch McConnell and you know and like Nancy Pelosi, these guys are going to laugh at you. They're like, we're never ending this. That's not the point. You can run on that against that all day long. We will find somebody to shut. We will find some way to shut you up. Uh, and you know, and or get you unelected somehow and like the, you know so you can't like you know, you, you, you can't uh, like use a narrow paradigm like this anymore it does not work because they've adapted you have it again stuck in 2008 well and like and you know it is also let's and let's take this another um there was two points i wanted to make one is again thomas soul and discriminations and disparities one of his most recent books does a great job of talking about um what i might what i might term it like pop like commonly as like network effects i.e did you know that most astronauts are the first are first born or only or ch only childs and you know and if you're you know maybe 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 a lot maybe some people know that the reason for that is actually because the first born tends to have the highest general intelligence of a group of siblings. So it tend and you know so like it it can it can differ but that is a general trend and so therefore most astronauts which is like a highly selected group of people for whatever else you want to say about government funding and da, da 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 it's like this is a highly selected group of people and they all happen to have this thing and nobody was ever planning for this. Right? Let, and, and I talked before about how people go between Facebook and CNN and the, and the administration and the White House and that. These people run in their, the same circles. There are network effects. Like when I, you know, I, 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 people know that I travel a decent bit for work. It's, it's very common that I run into somebody in my industry on a bus, on a plane, in a hotel bar randomly. Why? And like, it might seem random, but no, it's a network effect because of the like nature of my industry. I'm yeah. going to find people in certain towns where there's a cluster of similar kinds of businesses, because that tends to be the way a lot of businesses end up operating just for, you know, supply chains and things like that. So it's so like these, these phenomena are explainable. That's, and that's part of the incentive of power is 
what are you talking? I don't, yeah, I don't care about what the plebs like the, like so much of the media, so much of the media cycle is what I call the cult of American democracy. It's a game. It's a game that they want people to play. And, you know, so that they keep, again, the libertarian point, like fighting against each other and not looking up. Right. Like you diagnose that correctly. Your prescript, the diagnosis is good. Prescript, the prescription is bad. And I would argue it's out of date. Um, it's, it's not just like, you know, even right there with a- ignoring the incentives of power It's like you, libertarians should be like the first people to tell you everything you want to know about how incentives work. I mean, you guys have mastered Austrian economics. My God, it's like you have all of the tools you need in order to figure this problem out. But what do you do with it? You just say, you say, oh, power incentive bad. That's all I need to know about it. And then no, 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 you, you actually need to know quite a lot more about it because if you did know a little bit more about it, particularly if you knew a lot, a little more about like human, about how humans work. And we've talked about this earlier that, uh, you know, most humans are not ideological thinkers. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't have, they don't have, they don't think in an ideological way to begin with. Thus, in order to for a for an LPMC strategy to work, we talked about this last time. For an LPMC strategy to work, you know, for spreading the message and and getting people and converting people to libertarianism, you would first you know have to convert them to an ideological way of thinking when they are currently incentive based thinkers. This is not possible. This has never been done. It, it is not doable. And so, these are people who do not think ideologically to begin with. And that, and so in order to even begin to convert them to libertarianism, you would have to convert the entire way they view the world first. And, and you just can't do it. And but on the on the other hand, the politicians, they understand that people are not ideological thinkers at all. And they've known that for like a good since like the 1940s, like almost a good 80 years. That, yep. you know, since re- since real polling came out that, you know, in, in like the f- kind of mid 40s, they've known that people are not ideological at all. And yep. they do Bernays. not bother. It. Yeah, they do not bother running on real ideology. They just like, oh, here's a nice commercial about, about me with the American flag and some, you know, rows of wheat and corn behind me. And I'm wearing a flannel shirt, you know, st- and, and some, you know, and some, you know, jeans or something like that. And oh, what a nice guy. Vote for me. Yeah. It's like they understand that most people they only vote for the person, yeah, you know, like name you know what the number one, number one and number two uh biggest indicators of a winning per, of a winning candidate are. Um height and I know height is one. Height, height is the main one, right? No, no, it's, it's on the top, it's like in top five, but the, the eye but color? The, nope. Number the number one is name recognition by far. Oh, okay. I was yeah, yeah recognition by far, and because people don't know anybody else, <laughs> it's yeah. like that. It's like it's just strangers' names on the ballot. Why do I care? And uh, I think it, in uh, that they've measured it, in that they've measured it after the fact that taller people tend to win elect, like tend to win elections as well. I think that's what I was going to. But name recognition is yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And uh, yeah, but and the, the and the second one after na- after name recognition is the letter that that uh, of your name. That what does it begin with? If the closer it is to A. The more likely you're going to win. The reason why, because they'll just check the first box and the first, and they're sorted alphabetically. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why. Uh, and it's like if people don't know and they don't care, they're just going to check the box. You know, that's like the first one, and they, they're not going to look it up. And yep. so that's number one and number two. These are the sort of people you want to preach libertarianism to. Forget it. <laughs> it's just they completely forget it. That you know, th- th- this is not how they think at all. Not even close. 
and you could not possibly begin to convert these people to an ideological way of thinking when they don't vote that way. They vote based on incentives. And so just give them better incentives. The way a Praxian adapts to this situation is we just say, well, all right, we need to understand the incentive structure and then just behave accordingly. That's it. Right now, and, and right now, right now, the people who are operating in libertarian party politics, because um, that's you know that that's what we're criticizing. They're finding here. out about incentives, by the no, way. No, no, you know what they're doing right now? They're spending tens of thousands of dollars to collect signatures to get somebody on a ballot. I know. That's the, and that's the incentives of the of the libertarian party. Of people who will invariably lose. Yeah, and it's like the, these are the incentives of the party. It's like they, they and you know, and by the way, when they started off, you know, they were saying, "No, oh, we were we're not going to do that because that's just a waste of time and it just frustrates people and it just associates our name with losing." Yeah. And what are they doing now? The same exact thing. Why? Because that's the incentive of the party. They want to get the party's name out there. Now mm-hmm. that they're in control of it, they really want to get his name out there any way that they can and get the message out there any way they can, even if these ways are completely ineffective and counterproductive. Because again, they don't understand incentives. Let's uh, let's hit this last sentence before we close it out. A narrow libertarianism defends an unrealized ideal online but scoffs at the idea of taking steps to make so much money. Taxation is a nuisance. This is a particular dig at this is, this is a particular dig at the people who didn't like the whole don't be poor message. And it's, and again, this is like a huge cognitive dissonance, which is what I argued in the piece that I wrote about this. It's a huge Mm -hmm. cognitive dissonance. It's like, it doesn't mean that taxation isn't a form of extortion. It doesn't mean that taxation isn't theft, but me saying taxation is theft didn't make my debt burden any less didn't make my tax burden this year any less right and when faced and when faced with that reality you're stuck with a couple of choices you can pay you cannot pay you know or you can then like i said you can like this is again this is the this is this is the prescription right so i hate taxes so i want to make sure that i make enough money that taxes aren't destroying me every single year like they did for a long time just be you know like trying to live barely on the edge right whatever Mm -hmm. but then also to the second point of getting to the getting to that level where i can have that guy that makes sure i get every tax break that i can right the way bernie sanders does i'm sure you understand so it's um so it's like it's like it's again that's the that's the prescriptive thing right the 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 diagnosis is fine the prescription is what's at fault the prescription of people who sit and say it doesn't matter it how dare you want to make more money and support this system ba 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 it's like yeah i want to make more money because then i'll be in a position to help myself and help people in my life and that's a pretty nice thing and i don't really care about what you think about the system like in in a certain respect because i have bills to pay and most people have bills to pay by the way, on that whole incentive of power thing, I'm no, I'll, I don't need to psychoanalyze, psychoanalyze anybody else but myself. But uh, but the the the, the, re- the rejection of power is directly relatable to a rejection of taking on responsibility for yourself and responsibility for your people, yeah. around, for for people around you. And I and I say and and like you know and it's and, and I and I've tied that very much with myself. The more I've taken on, the better I've become as a person. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's always the worry of not being able to rise up to the challenge that, that makes you turn away opportunities for power. Well, it's also, and, it's, it's just like, you, you don't, you always say like, you know, not you, but yeah. like these, you know, what, what they'll say is like, this is not my problem. I shouldn't have to, I should not be the one that, that has to change. Uh, you know, it's yeah. like, it should be the other guy that has to change. I'm not the problem. 
Yep. It's like, I'm just no, no. doing my life and here they come in getting in my way. And it's like, well, cool. But what are you going to do about it? It's like nothing. You're just kind of going to kind of complain about, about it. And so you're kind of useless and you're not even going to give anybody money <laughs> to, you know, to try to do it for you. So you're not even looking for specialization. You're just looking for attention. But just it's in like, terms of personal growth, you said something really like and mindset. You said something really important there where you're like the, that, that people get stuck in the thing is it, it's other people's fault that they're react like your re and this is this is this is what we see manifested in the left with the with the queer ideology right mm -hmm. it's not my problem i don't have a problem society has a problem with me this is and, liberalism in a nutshell by the way and let me speak as somebody who's kind of on the weirder side like i think a lot of us listening are it's like no no you're you're i'm the problem Right. Like, and not that I'm not that I'm a bad person, but that I need to make sure that I'm I, I, I adapt to social situations and that I, you know, understand, I, you know, I, I recognize social taboos and like understand like the proper context and the proper time. I discovered this a lot in the business world coming like out of academia. Right. Where it's like I love long winded conversations. But and in fact, mm -hmm. I just got I got chi I got uh, jibed today for writing a longer email like, oh, do you get paid by the word? Because I was a little upset at a, mm -hmm. at a vendor or at a supplier of mine. And, but like, but to the point of like, you know, yeah, yeah. These like, no, no, let's get things done. Don't worry about, don't worry about the flourishing conversation. And you know what? Sometimes you got to shut up when you're the young person in the room and you got to listen to people with more experience and da, da, da. And, and if I could, I could say, no, no, they're the problem. It's their fault that it's their fault that, um, that, that they don't understand that I have the best ideas or I say, no, no, it's my fault. I need to message my ideas better because if they're the right ones, and in some cases in the business world, I was making the right ones. Mm -hmm. I just have to get better at, at, at marketing it, at messaging it. It's like, it's again, this is a very easy mindset thing that it, the more you buy in, the more you buy into that, that you're the problem in a situation, the easier you'll find, the less problems you'll find that you have. Mm -hmm. um, By the way, this is, I'm not like being a hypocrite here. You know, it's like, I'm putting my own money. I'm putting my own time into Mises GOP. It's like I'm raising money to, to help run people for office and actual get get libertarians elected. And by the way, mm -hmm. GOP.org forward slash donate if you're feeling inclined to if you're feeling inclined to help out. It was like I'm putting my money where my mouth is. You know, I really believe what I say and I practice what I preach. That you know, like the I that you need to actually be getting involved in like real tangible ways, and you need to be actually at least at a bare minimum contribute money, if not time and, and attention. And because, it, like, you know, in order to get some people, yeah, I, I understand not everyone can run for, for even local office. I get that. It's really easy to do so. The fact I don't live in a, in a place where I can run for office, you know, is the, the only thing stopping me from doing that myself. It's like if, if I lived in, in a uh, area where I could run for local, any sort of local office, I would do so. I don't. And the, uh, and so, but so what I'm doing instead is I'm raising money for the people who can. And it's like, I, I really do believe these things that I say, and I am practicing what I'm preaching. And yeah, I, I think other people should do the same, but I'm just, I'm not content to just sit and complain and bitch about it. You know, cause if we just sit around and bitch about it, then, you know, 2020 is going to happen all over again in 2030. Probably. And it'll be worse. Yeah. The idea of freedom or Liberty is much older than the libertarian label or the United States of America. The hubris of every age is thinking there is no more growth possible. Libertarians would do well to not fall victim to the same malady. This so is intrinsic to liberalism. 
Yeah. And let's talk. So let's move on to the divide. Many will frame the current debate again. You know, I wrote this back in November. It's kind of funny how like it's, you know, we're, we're kind of, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. Let, let me just read. I always do too much preamble because um, many will frame the current debate between being uh, the current debate being between the Praxians and the LPMC with the Praxians criticizing the rank and file LPMC members who want to help their community and fight for human freedom. This is a lie. The divide in the liberty movement is not between the hundreds of LPMC members and the dozen or so Praxians. The divide in the liberty movement is between those who want to take political power and those who want to make a political statement. The libertarian... Was that? That's such a good way of putting it. The divide in the liberty movement is between those who want to take political political power and those who want to make a political statement. So well put. Continue. The libertarian who wants to make a political statement is the libertarian concerned only with attracting other libertarians. Politically speaking, this is a losing message because most people are not libertarians. Most people don't have the interest in political systems and economics that libertarians do, and therefore most people will never concern themselves with a political identity beyond a default categorization. For the the default categorization is completely cultural. It's like, my family is Republican, therefore I'm a Republican. My family is Democrat, therefore I vote Democrat. Uh, You know, my neighborhood is a Democrat neighborhood, therefore I vote that way. My, you know, my rural uh, suburban neighborhood or whatever is a Republican neighborhood, therefore I vote that way. This is, and like, that is all the thought they give to it. And you want to come in selling them like a ground up, you know, political view uh, with a really obscure theory. I mean, even if it's right, even if it's a good one. Like, the, you know, it's like you have to see that people don't think this way at all for good reason. You know, because who's going to grow the food? If everyone's worried about you know, worried about arguing economics and what a libertarian world is going to be like on Twitter, who's growing the food? You know what I mean? Well, to be fair, <laughs> some of those combines have GPS positioning. So, you know, you can still tweet and do that at the same time. But uh... <laughs> well, that's, I, that's the idea that people are specialized. They're specialized for their thing. Mm-hmm. And other people are, are specialized for other things and most people are not specialized to be like economists and political philosophers they're just not at all not even close like less than one percent and the, and those that are are mostly not libertarians they're elites <laughs> they're, mm. they're the ones running the show they're the problem yeah yeah or people the who people didn't who get who it. understand the libertarian message the most are the ones who are like by far the most against it they're like the targets of libertarianism mm. it's like yeah that's like a good you, point you're like you're literally like the only possible people you could preach to are your enemies and they're the enemy it's like come on go ahead for the libertarian who wants to make a political statement this means their activist endeavors are ultimately masturbatory libertarians helping libertarians say libertarian things i'm particularly proud of that sentence in liberty yeah in a libertarian venue it's like that like that this is the i mean it really is libertarian book club it's like you know or it's like uh yeah, it's masturbatory. By the way, there's it's nothing wrong with libertarian book clubs. I like libertarian oh, yeah. book clubs are fantastic, but they're a book. Yeah. But it's a book club, yeah, right? It's, book club. it's it's not about politics. The libertarians, and this is, and and just in case I'm not making this clear, I think that the leadership of the LPMC is only interested in making political statements. 
Yeah, I think they've they pretty much demonstrated that so far. I mean, the, for, they've been around for like five years now, and what have they gotten done? Well, they, it's like it's all just a bunch of political statements. Like we are the Ron Paul Revolution, and no, you're not. You're not anything. You're you're like a obscure movement in a third party. You know that has no polit that has no political power and no will to get any. And you actively like talk out against people who are advocating actually getting power, like which hi that's Praxians, that's us. It's like we actually want to go get power and actually use it to get results. They don't, and you know this strategy they have is completely unoriginal. That I mean, this is the same exact strategy the LP has had for seventy years now. Like I can, I, I mean, I can name it. You know, local politics. You know, which by far is the least, uh, the, the least one that they do by far because yeah. it, it, it gets their name out there by far the least and actually gets the, like that's again, they're here to make a statement. And, you know, so what, what do they do? Issue, issue coalitions. Yeah, that's, that's nothing. That's like, it's like, oh, we, we had a meeting with a buddy and they, they, we agree that we're, we agree on these issues. Of course. Yeah. You'd agree on drug decriminalization. Congratulations. What, what, what's that get you? Nothing. Okay. And then there's, and, and then there's the one that they actually spend like 80% of their budget on. If you look at their 2021 budget, it was like a, like an absurd, like way over two thirds was met, was uh, spent on intra-party politics. It's like, where, yeah, where, where, where's the other two? Where's the uh, issue coalitions? Where's the localism? It's well, it's going to happen after Reno. Oh, sure, sure. Well, yeah, like like right when they have to start fighting the uh, the LP to keep their power, <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, you saw Starwalk came out, but that actually like I gave it like a C plus. It was a C plus plan, and. <laughs> He missed out on several other really good, you know, good ways to get at them because he's not very intelligent. He's not a competent leftist. Any competent leftist would have spotted at least two, you know, that I spotted. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying though, but the, uh, you know, but he's got like a C plus plan. And so he's got his, his best part of it is he's going to green mail them. It's what, what's called green mailing where he just sues them <laughs> and he makes them spend money. He makes them waste their money that way. And because it's cheap and it's cheap and it's cheap for him and expensive for them. And he's just going to bleed them dry. And so now the LPS actually has a, a semi-competent strategy to resist them. They're just going to end up spending all of their money on trying to keep their power, if you can even call it that. They're going to our positions more likely, you know, as a, a more appropriately. That yeah. they're just going to be spending all their money on keeping those positions. And what what do they get for that? So no, it's like they're not going to. There is no pivot coming because the end. You know, they, they don't understand the left. They don't understand the enemy. They don't understand the well, elites. They don't understand think, these incentives. I think more importantly is, I think you've all, you've made the point a number of times of <clears throat> invariably they're just going to adopt the incentives of the institution. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so, and shout out Joshua in the chat, which is more important, increasing liberty or being libertarian? The answer after the post-libertarian moment is increasing liberty, 100%. And, Absolutely. As 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 all that's kind of how I end the essay. If you haven't read it, um, is I don't I, I don't care about being libertarian. I care about increasing liberty. Like I care I exactly. care about the fact. Yeah, I, I care far more about that than I do the label. You know, a, like a quick this one too. You know, yeah, I like that. Was good too. <laughs> you have a but, better chance of of converting a bicycle bicycle riding missionary you know to libertarianism than you do of changing a liberal's mind. And libertarians are still liberals. Yeah, you know I was. I, I was, you know, I was at a dinner this week. Actually, it was breakfast, but whatever. And, you know, like my customer was talking to me to his boss about, you know, me. And we were like, 
you know, the news was on because it was early and we were having breakfast in the hotel. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, like LB is a super he's like a super conservative. He's like, you know, he have to you have to go to mylittlepony.com and then you click the secret entrance and then you get onto the news websites he goes to. You know what I mean? It's like and like I don't care. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't care. I care far more that this guy likes me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That this guy and and this guy, this man, I would consider to be a friend. Like I've had dinner yeah. at his home before. He's a really, you know, we we get along really, really well. Um, you know, and like, and I care far more about the fact of what that his boss sees this young guy and been like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like he, oh, he doesn't think that like kids should be in drag and stuff like that because we were talking about that at dinner the night before. Yeah. It's you know, it's like that matters far more to me than them knowing that I called myself that I call myself a libertarian or called oh, myself exactly. a libertarian. And that should be the same for you. Yes, it should. I would argue. Now, you know, and, and you know, because to the point. Now, if he had said something of like, "Yeah, Brian's an atheist," I'd be like, "Eh, I'm not really an atheist. Never really considered myself that," because that's a little more fundamental to my identity. Yeah, I would yeah, say that exactly. But to the point of what is more important. As, and so now as we move into the next paragraph, you know, the next section is called the prescription, where I kind of lay out some solution, try to lay out some solutions mm -hmm. as I felt it was necessary to do. But it really starts with this next paragraph where I talk about the libertarian who wants to take political power, because unlike the masturbatory libertarian who wants to just who wants to just find other libertarians and talk about libertarian things. And I don't know, talk about the fact that Fauci's going down six fucking times a day. Um, <clears throat> I'm not talking about anybody in particular who has me blocked, uh, but his. Uh, um is let i'm not interested in that i'm, I'm just not like i are well no let, that's a lie i would be interested in it but the times don't call for it i love a good conversation about esoteric topics i like doing it in my show my my main podcast is going to be switching to a more news focus because i think that's because that's mm -hmm. what you know that's what that's what more people can engage with and my premium content is going to start switching towards more deeper philosophical ideas so and, and that way, the people who really want it can get both and I can kind of develop both in a different mm -hmm. in like a different way. So but the point being is like I'm all here for the I'm all here for the fun, like esoteric conversation. But it's also about the praxis. It's also about putting things. Yeah. It's also about taking the power. And that's what I do with my that's what I'm trying to do with my show is take power. Right. Is I'm trying to take I'm literally trying to take over a part of your mind and hopefully help help, help you run it a little bit better in that you're watching me try to figure out how to work my mind better. So the libertarian who wants to take political power by contrast to the masturbatory libertarian understands that if you want to help the millions of politically disenfranchised Americans who are part of the awakening right, you shouldn't sound like the preachy progressive left they are escaping. The insights of libertarianism, namely the nature of the state and Austrian economics, are powerful weapons in the battle for human freedom and flourishing. The ideas are nothing without things like wealth, power, influence, community, and coalitions providing support. The libertarian who wants to take political power is a libertarian concerned with people whether or not they identify as libertarian. Mass conversion is not required to be a good member of your community and run for local office. Mm -hmm. Being the one people turn to in a crisis is worth infinitely more than being a consistent libertarian with no power. Oh, yeah. And, and one point on this, and this is part of the reason why I started beenawake.com, 
was during 2020, you know, all the like the people I had had arguments with or conversations with over the years, my friends and and acquaintances, a lot of them reached out and was kind of like, hey, dude, what do you think's going on right now? Like you vote. Yeah, I know you pay close attention to things. Right. Oh, yeah. it's like it's like that's so it was that's actually what kind of like springboarded me into into like kind of coming back, as it were, and like taking this taking this back on and really making a go of this writing and podcasting thing. And I didn't do that by being a good libertarian. I did that, you know, the libertarianism helped the libertarianism, but I didn't do that by, by trying to, sorry, I didn't do that by trying to convert them to libertarianism. I did that by providing at least an interesting analysis of things when we had a conversation. Exactly. And you know, somebody people can turn to. Yeah. And that's exactly the, the, the sort of idea behind this, you know, okay, stop being poor. What I'm really saying is stop being powerless is that you want to be the guy who has knowledge as a kind of power. You want to be the guy people turn to when stuff's going wrong and they want to and they want to help understand these things and they want to help understand how to fix this th these problems. And if you're kind of just concerned about well just you know join my you know join my party it's kind of like join my church. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's like hey my kid is being taught like that, that that's a bad example because if your kid is being taught you know that he's a, if your boy is taught being taught he's a girl church might actually be a good answer <laughs> but, so it's uh that might be a bad that might be a bad example but you're when you're saying that you're when you're, you're saying uh, you need to join my party you're it's, imagine like going to a catholic and or, or an orthodox guy and saying you need that in order to fix this societal problem, you need to join my Baptist church or my Methodist church or something like that. They're going to look at you like, are you stupid or something? <laughs> it's like, join my party. Like, what? No, yeah, <laughs> this I'm is not what people want to hear. And like, it's like, you have to understand people, they, they have this, that they, they see these things in a set way. And you have to accept that you cannot change the way people think. That just doesn't happen. That's only done on the religious level, by the way. You know, it's like the, 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 uh, every time there, you know, it, people like to say, oh, culture and politics are not really, uh, one's not really upstream or the other. Uh, and, or like politics really has an effect on culture though. And we'll see that, you know, they're in a feedback loop. That's true. Exactly. But what, but what, what really is upstream of both culture and politics is religion. Every single major paradigmatic change we've ever had in human history in terms of politics and culture has been preceded by a religious change. Every time, no exceptions. You know, every time, it, it, it is always a religious change. Like even this uh, you know, most recent war in Ukraine, what, what preceded it? The Russian, it was the, the Russian Orthodox and the Ukrainian Orthodox split. Every time, no exceptions. Even if it seems to be unrelated, it's not. Yeah, because there's, there's always a there's there's a connection there, hundred percent. Yeah, because now because what you just because what you just did when you split the split the Russian Orthodox Church is you just said that you know this is no longer one country, this is no longer one nation with a diaspora, this is actually two different nations, and now Russia needs to invade because you know they are not secure anymore. See, when they were when they were still under that unified religion, they could easily say that oh this is a unified country and we can't go to war. Now that they're two different religions, one's Russian Orthodox, one's Ukrainian Orthodox, these are not the same. Now they have to. Yep. And, and, well, and, yeah, and, and by the way, no exceptions. I was just, you know, a little shout out, like that kind of coverage that wasn't on a lot of pages, wasn't on a lot of news outlets. It was at binawake.com. 
because uh, that I, I did cover precisely this uh, in my a timeline that makes sense. And I incorporated the religious element profusely because it all traces back to 988 with Vladimir the Great. And that is the that is the cultural heart of both the Russian people and many of the Ukrainian people for better or worse. Right. And, and we're seeing the for worse right now. And of course, geopolitics plays a role. But ge- but there's a geopolitical element to the fact that that uh, that that Constantinople granted Otto Salafi to the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, so it's mm-hmm. like, you know it's like these things aren't un- these things aren't disconnected by any I mean, stretch can, of the imagination. I mean, there's so many different exa- examples here of like like uh, of religion preceding po- political paradigm shifts, fall of Rome, what preceded rise of Christianity, what did rise of Christianity bring with it, monarchy. <laughs> an empire yeah yeah well, and look and we're seeing but but also we've witnessed we've witnessed the rot we've written witnessed the ascendancy of a new religion a new progressive civic religion yeah. over the last couple of years it is it has it is so um it is it has had such an effect right it has had such an effect that people don't question it the way that people don't question didn't question religion for most mm-hmm. of human history and when you call it a religion, people are like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, duh. It's like they know it. It's like I mean, the the it's, it's adherents will deny it. They'll be like, no, because I mean, their religion is no religion theoretically. And, right, right. Because theoretically, they've already rejected it. So the fact that they, you know, yeah, the, the, the fact that they're theor- that they're actually being complete hypocrites who don't know anything is like that's unthinkable to them. But if you talk to anybody on the on the right and you say, you know, wokeism really is a religion, like unironically, it's a religion, and they'll be like, yeah. Yeah, of course. I can see it. In 2000, in 2010, no, what was it? 2012, I wrote the words. um, I I was like, it was the last time I did like a solo project. And one of my songs had, uh, um, dang it, sorry. Oh, but even so, they cannot keep the demons at bay, missionary ideals in the concepts of today. Those who would destroy it to remake it in their image, trying to play God on the basis of no religion, something not from school, and it keeps me from believing is that liberty dies not among outcries, but thunderous applause. Oh my God, that's really good. Thank you. You can I, I can I can send you the I can send you the mixtape. That's uh, gonna be a clip. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, that, that was a song that I wrote. I wrote that in 2012, 2013. These religious these religious ideas were evident there. I think again, people. I think maybe people. You know, in particular, I would say maybe my anti communism bias helped me with that. I, maybe, mm-hmm. but that's but that's maybe not giving myself enough credit. I always saw this religious element even as far back as almost a decade ago, whereas yeah. now it's come, now you can't even deny it. By the way, this is how you change people's ways of thinking. Because when you conv- when they have a new religion, that's when they when they actually ch- you know change how they completely look at things and what do re- all good religions have in common? They have a good a good system of metaphysics and a good system of epistemology. Makes sense. And if you're a libertarian, if you're a secular religion that rejects both. This isn't going to work. This is just going to end in chaos. And but the benefit uh, and the one again, this goes back to our other our other show. If they have uncrowned him, you know what the one benefit of a secular religion is? It necessarily must impose itself. Its incentives are driven towards imposition. And so you have so now with libertarianism, you know. By the way, this works great with progressivism. You know because progressivism is all about you know progress by force you know whatever that means it really just means force <laughs> the yeah, problem is really dra- and, it, and this new religion it means drag queen story hour and drag queen 
performances at hockey games or you're a bigot or you're a bigot (laughs) literally yeah no like the blackhawks just had like a like a drag queen figure skater like during one of their intermissions (laughs) like and it's like i don't know i don't i don't i don't know man in a hockey game at a Mm -hmm. hockey game like again is nothing sacred to these people like, like literally literally no no it's they're taking on the sacred right because like like, i'm not a big sports guy right but like i I enjoy sport and i'll always go watch a hockey game especially when the hawks are playing well but like to the point is like you have this epoch this apex or excuse me this apex of masculinity right of of sport and like and and competition and winning and and all these things and then of course we have to have for intermission some dude wearing t- oh by the way the girls who like who, the girls who scrape I mean, the ice they don't get to wear skirts anymore they wear leggings which you know not a big deal but like okay. but but the drag queen figure skater is wearing a skirt of course yeah of oh, course fuck it's like and it's like the it's a sport which is all about masculinity and of course you have an intermission which is the height of emasculinity of and emasculation like, and, have, and there's a part of myself that hates me for even bringing up and pointing this out but it's no. just become so obvious and so and so ridiculous that I that I can't help but notice. Well, it's like again, because you can't help but notice it because they are imposing it on you. They mm-hmm. fully believe in imposing their their values because this is the benefit of a secular religion is that it you know it makes it so easy to do this and so morally justifiable to do it. And so now with libertarianism as a secular religion, you've given up the one benefit you had, <laughs> the one thing you had going for you as a secular religion of being able to impose yourself without any sort of pang of conscience, you gave that up. Like, this is, not, I mean, this is again, why Christian libertarians, libertarians are the only kind that really actually work because they already have a Christian underpinning that makes it work. These are the only sort of people who could actually be, even begin to make it work. I mean, look at like look at Ron Paul, Tom Massey, Rand Paul. You know what? What you know? And uh, oh, what, what was the uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Mike Lee. He was in there right now. What do all of these libertarians who actually get elected nearly all of them have in common? They're Christians. Yeah. Nearly, basically all of them. It, because it works. They already have that li- religious part of them filled. that says, "I actually need to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, and I'm actually here to civil to civilize pe- the world." By loving my neighbor as myself, I have a I have a real commandment that says I got to go do this, and you know, and, and and there's the hero mentality right there that you need for people like this. This is again where we're coming from with we need to seize power. Is that actually heroes use power? You know, they're, they're, they don't say oh power is evil. And Superman never says powers are evil. I can't I can't use them. Like yeah, you know, it's like never did that. You know, Lex Luthor certainly not, <laughs> and the. Uh, and so when you're, in, you know, just like at default, I don't need to know anything about power because power is bad. You know, rulers are bad. People who bring law and order to society are bad. And of course, they don't actually, you know, but, you know, they are then, but this is what they mean by, by ruler. They, they even change these definitions, which might be helpful to them if they actually use them the way other people use them. But they change the definitions to, to be, uh, uh, that, that, to, you know, they, they change these definitions of words such that they're completely evil. State means completely evil. Ruler means completely evil. Anything that isn't an- anarchy means completely good. It, nobody uses these words that way. So when so when you've changed your definitions by by you know you've definitionally locked yourself into a a worldview that is completely different. But by the way, Marxists do the same exact thing. 
Yes. And the difference is they're willing to impose their way and you're not. Well, and I said the post-libertarian, the, 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 the post-war prescription, the libertarian prescription to the post-war order is out of date, right? That is, that is how we have to understand this. Because let's say, because if everybody listened to Milton Friedman, right? If Milton Friedman had become king, the country would be a better place. Oh, yeah. But with, with whatever faults you might have for Milton Friedman. That, you know, you understand if, if Milton Friedman was able to actually wield power and implement all the things he wanted to implement and inculcate that within a population over a generation in schools, we would be in a much different situation. Instead, we are living through a time where the president who was elected by, via social media, Barack Obama, is speaking about how social media is a danger to democracy how free speech is a danger to democracy, this God that these people worship. Those are the times that we live in. You understand? So this, these liberal Western democracies, they don't exist. The Constitution yeah. doesn't exist anymore. It's, it, 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 it might be something to, re, to recapture. It's difficult for older people to, under, to, to grasp that. I've said this a couple times to my, my, uh, my, my Cuban uh, elders. And they've said, and you know, it's like, oh, it's how about on life? How about it's on life support? I'm like, okay, it's on life support. You know, it's like, all right, I get it. You're, you know, you came to this country, and you know, the thought of the thought of it being lost in a generation is a problem. Yeah. But like, but but that's but again, the president, President Obama, who used social media to get elected, it was the it was the talk of Washington how he was so good at it, right? Is saying social media is the problem, and that yep. free information is a problem. That's and the he- time we live in. In the name of democracy. Okay, and fine. By the way, they can have democracy. Sorry, let me just finish the point. They can right. have democracy. I'll take free speech. I'm fine with that. I'm, fr- I'm fine with that. Yeah. And if you you know, don't see stuff like that, and if you don't understand the, the difference between the right and the left, the right doesn't really want that kind of power. They never did. And they never fight for it. <laughs> they, no, like Not nearly the way the left does. And so when you see like the left turn on a dime, like you know, Barack Obama gets elected as you know, wanting to end the wars. What's he do? Starts three more disastrous wars, and or no, or was it five more? No, five more disastrous wars. And and so and of course, why? Because once he got into power, the 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 position that was marginally more powerful for him was to you know flip on that and mm-hmm. start more wars because that got him even more power. And if he started ending them, he wasn't going to get a second term. And yep. the uh, and he didn't really care anyway. He wanted to work to focus on like Obamacare and all that. Well, and look and, what he ended up doing. And what he did is is almost even and like and by doing that, it's even more insidious, right? Because then he instead of doing formal wars, right, which have mm-hmm. real consequences, i.e., Ukraine right now. Yeah. Um, he started. He he used intelligence, and he started to you know, and so he created like he you know he just killed a bunch of brown people overseas to use to borrow the left to borrow the left yeah. language. Right. Like he, he just he let the CIA and all the secret organizations wage these proxy wars amongst people to to feed the to feed this beast of the American empire. So like oh, yeah. in, in, to, 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 so to placate the powers that were and to increase his own power, he made this deal with the devil that that in some ways is a far I would argue I would argue far, far worse. I mean, I don't advocate for war. Don't get me wrong. But in an, a very ancient way, you might say it's more noble to you know it's more noble for the yeah so for what sorry 
at least declare the war for God's Correct. sake. Yeah. That like, there's a nobility in that, that you can at least respect if you don't agree with it, you know? And again, this isn't a more may, maybe ancient understanding of that, I would say. Yeah. And it's like, and at every turn, you know, like, what does the left do with like free speech? That's another thing. It's like, they use it as a weapon while it gets them power. And then when it no longer gets them power, when it starts taking power away from them, it's like, oh, no more of that. No, we don't need that anymore. Yeah. It's like, free, this is, yeah. Separation know, of church and state means that you can't, you know, you can't teach the Bible in elementary school, but it does. It also means that you have to teach queer yeah. theory to kindergartners in my home state of Illinois, which Christopher Rufo just uh, put out today. Yep. Literally that, worshiping the flags. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like, again, you have to see the, these things, you know, and the, the right does not do the same thing at all. Yeah. With, with the right, hypocrisy is legitimately a bug. You know, with the left, hypocrisy is the feature like this thing is like the you know, hypocrisy always favors the powerful that's why for the right is a bug because they're not really trying to go after power it's like some of them are some yeah, of them. are powers for power for power's sake that's powers for others yeah, sake okay. is the, yeah yeah just, power just to for refine your sake. point yeah, yeah that's a really good that's a really good distinction and if you're sitting here if you're like sitting here just wanting to make political statements and you just want to say oh both sides are evil the duopoly or whatever it's like, this is useless. This is completely beyond useless to just say, oh, and this is not what, you know, again, this is not what inspired people that Ron Paul is that, you know, he wasn't simply making a political statement. He was a, 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 out there to really embarrass them and really fight back and, a, against them and try to win power. I mean, like he almost won New Hampshire and, and it really he did until they took it from him. And like he was, and he was like really doing well at the convention too in 2012. And like uh, he was really there to take power. He really was elected as congressman, like what, 12, 13 times, like 12 term Congress. He was a 12 term yeah. congressman. Like he really got the power. You know, he never like wielded it very well because he never got anything done. But, you know, he, he was still there. He had the power. He had the influence. Yeah. And it, it, he and he was there. He was on the debate stage. I mean, he was I mean, it was only because he was a congressman that he was able to turn to Giuliani and have that famous moment. Mm -hmm. And you know, well, and, you know like, and we remember, LP, and people like that LP, are remembered in history. Huh? The Patrick Henrys, the Ron Pauls, they're remembered in history, right? Yeah. And so are the George Washingtons and the Alexander Hamiltons. Yeah, and the Jeffersons too. And it, the uh, but but if you're in the LP, you're never going to get that kind of remembrance. Why? Because it's irrelevant. No one like who was the who, who was the uh, the last guy? I mean, who, who was the guy in the Whig election where uh, who was the candidate who was running against Lincoln as a Whig? I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> I don't know, he lost. Top of my head. He's, he lost by a lot too. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, it's like all we, we never remember the losers. We don't. We definitely like we might remember like famous moments, like you know Reagan against Michael Dukakis or something like that. And they just have like you know a one a memorable one liner or something that's remembered for a few generations. But you know nobody remembers who the third party was. Nobody does, and and they just they, they don't care. So you're not, and you can't even get on the debate So how are you even going to have another libertarian moment when the thing that start, sparked the first libertarian moment was Ron Paul getting up there and actually being a, you know, as a successful, you know, a successfully elected congressman 12 times, you know, really turning it, you know, who had been ideologically consistent, had been right on all of these issues and got to say, I told you so, so many different times, you know, he got, he was, he was there. That's why the moment happened why it worked out, why the Tea Party was what it was, and squandered. You know, that's, it's like, 
we're, we're not getting that this, the second time around. We're getting the same sort, kind of image, but it's just a political, it's just an empty political statement now. He's not actually getting, you know, trying to go for power. So if libertarians don't learn this mess don't learn this message and if they choose the path of political statements which is the path of the LPMC over the path of political power the idea of human freedom will die within a generation. Nice little rhetoric. Or at least there. their conception of it. You know again the liberty the ideas of liberty and freedom are very old. They yes. go way back. As like the, and those conceptions are quite different. They're like the like uh, the the uh the pre-libertarian definition of liberty, or I should say the pre-liberal, pre-liberal definition mm -hmm. of liberty was that you, you were free, you know, it was the idea that it was the freedom to choose the good, because if you chose the bad, it carried an inherent loss of, of freedom with it. Yeah. That, so that you could not possibly, you know, be free to be less free. That's like saying I'm free, free to, to be bad means necessarily free to be less free. It's a and, contradiction in terms. And, and, and I'll so, be honest, that, that last sentence is also like a little bit of like in, introducing scarcity and like, you know, yeah. time's running out. But yeah. And yeah. And, and so like their idea of liberty, because they never act on it. It's not, it's a politically sterile definition. It's going to fall away. And we're going to get the, 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 uh, the pre-liberal definition of liberty back because that one actually works. So yeah, your concept of liberty is going to die in a generation because it chose political statements over political power. So if you chose political power like the progressives did, you might be the one saying that, uh, like canceling people for not being real enough libertarians. Again, if you can imagine such a thing. It's like, this, this is where we could have been had libertarians chosen power. Like, sure. we, it's, it's paradoxical, but yeah, we could have been there. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's that. also maybe a good point to be, another point there would be that the people believed I, I don't want to get too far down this because we're about to finish the piece eh, okay i'm gonna save it i'm gonna save it it's it, the, the basic point has to do with like people believing in liberalism where the progressives never did so let's yeah. uh, put a put a pin in that because that's that's kind of where i'm going right now uh, as i've been listening to more like uh oren mcintyre and stuff yeah. um so the prescription if libertarians are to be the standard bearers of human freedom and liberty, they must evolve to suit the times. This begins by making ourselves better. In other words, clean your damn room. Put another way, secure your own liberty before trying to help other people. It is the egalitarian delusion of the left that says someone in their early 20s can affect political change the same as an established entrepreneur in their 30s. There is nothing simplistic or reductionist about beginning with self-improvement. Anyone who understands Austrian business cycle theory knows that a market correction will occur and that shortages won't be the worst economic issues of the next decade. If libertarians are the ones who can help their neighbors during hard times, people will notice that. You don't need to be a billionaire, but you do need to be stable and reasonably self-sufficient for people to listen to you it's in our dna without this first step political power will continue to elude libertarians and the world will sink further into this tyrannical chaos that is shaping the beginning of the 21st century if you have accomplished the first step the next step is easy you either run a campaign run for local office or contribute financially to campaigns that are adopting the anti-tax framework and other radical measures to defend liberty. 
By contrast, the current LP strategy is designed to take over the bureaucracy of a party. In a business, a sale is what moves the needle. In politics, winning and holding office. In, in democratic politics, if we want yeah. to be precise, winning and holding office moves the needle. Put another way, your support staff is meant to help the war effort, not lead it. Most of human history is a wash. There are very few times where a dedicated minority can change the trajectory of humanity. The long march through the institutions have proven how easily you can change culture when you hold positions of power. In order to win the war, we must become personally ambitious and politically pragmatic for the cause of liberty. If this means losing the title libertarian as we lost the title liberal, so be it. I would rather be one of the free than the millions on their knees. Same. MisesGOP.org forward slash donate. It's like, again, it, like, the next step is really, really simple. Run a campaign, run for local office, or contribute to those who are doing it. And focus on self-improvement for your 20s. Because again, libertarianism is a very young movement because what, and again, this post-libertarian moment, this is not new. That usually people have had this sometime around their 30s when they, when you, or when they get getting married and having kids later in life. Yeah. Usually that's where it happens. You don't usually get old libertarians for precisely that reason, unless they're like really studied economists or something like that. That's Correct. where you. That's where you would get it. You would still get it at later in life, but most people who are politically libertarian grow out of it. Well, know, they they the, still like you know. You still like Rothbard. You still yeah. like Mises. You still call. You still you're still a libertarian, but like you also just become maybe a dad, like you point out, or it's like, or I'm just you know, or if I'm like I'm really into politics, I'm gonna go like like the most effective libertarians are already working in the Republican Party yeah, right now. I know plenty. I, I I know of plenty of them. You know, mm -hmm. of people who at one point or another were very much like part of the libertarian, you know, meet and like and then so and but they work in politics. And so they just they go the they go the Republican route. Right. And or it's or like the more wonkish people. But then a lot of them tend to go in a more in a little bit more of like a leftward direction as a result of of, uh, you know, of like the nonprofit world and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. to the point is this was already happening. Right. So it's just that it's it's that it happened for more people at once because of the lockdowns of 2020. Exactly. And so and like, you know, you, this is why as a young movement, it really makes sense, you know, to focus on yourself first. And, you know, which is a weird message coming from two Catholics. But for your 20s, focus on building yourself into the person you're supposed to become. Focus on building up your uh, your income on your building up your self-sufficiency and getting these your power in place and then using it to you know, fund the people who are doing the work you want you want to see done because let's face it unless you're the one who really wants to run for office you know we you know we, we already have people who are like fundraising well, this is this we is already the splash have of water who, this is sorry this is a splash yeah. of water of saying like the bureaucracy isn't supposed to lead a movement yeah is um like you know like i've said a million times i am i'm a media guy that's that's the game I want to play. It's the game I've wanted to play for years. This you know you you can go back and talk to people who have known me my whole life. They know I've been interested in this kind of a thing. People have been saying asking me to run for office for a long long time. 
So it's like, but I'm interested. I'm in, I'm, a, I'm just more interested in media. Right. So like, I'm yeah. very comfortable with, and, and that's, that's, I started been awake before I joined the LP and like tried the LPMC thing and I'm going to, and LP and been awake is going to live longer than the LP. Um, but like it's, but to the point is, you know, like the, uh, like the media game, if you want to play that game, okay, that's cool. Like I'm down for that. The more the merrier, right. This would be slightly different than like the hobby podcaster who kind of just wants to do this because it's a fun way of like, talking to different people and you know maybe talking to like some academics you like at one point in time but like i'm interested in playing the media game for the long term right like i'm interested in building this and i think i'm at a point now where i need to start expanding out and trying to write for bigger outlets to try and to try and push this message that we're talking about here in the way yeah. that i can that's complimented but but if we're that talking about your strengths it plays right. your specialization correct but if we're talking about politics you're not running running the bureaucracy like taking over the bureaucracy is not a fucking victory just it's just not it's not a victory it's not going it can't accomplish the thing you want to accomplish with, with it the That's only it. thing that accomplishes anything in a democratic system is running and winning and holding office because even, they even if you don't get any bills done yeah and, and like i mean look at donald trump it's like just by being there, he got he actually got a lot done. Uh, like with you know, from immigration, trade, war, he got a lot done. It's like, well, that did he get everything done? No, you know, did he you know get Obamacare repealed? Yeah, <laughs> it's like he did. And I mean, he got the individual mandate repealed, which then got it struck down in court. So mm -hmm. yeah, it got he did get a, it, it. It is gone. He kept yeah. a lot of good promises, and it, it, and so it, like yes. Whole, like getting power is the only thing that really makes a, di a difference. You know, getting control of a bureaucracy in a third party makes zero difference. And the uh, and so and again, I like the way you put it in that in that uh, next sentence that in a business, a sale is what moves the needle forward. This is a sales job that you you really should be going for. And the Libertarian Party is like one not selling anything and the thing that they are kind of selling nobody wants it well and there aren't there ain't, i can i can speak as a salesman there ain't i haven't met a lot of salesmen in it because 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 you know what i can tell you i can tell you the exact moment where i like because i was on the fence back and forth still willing to commit to at least getting to reno and like helping people that i had met because i liked a lot of the people i met in the lpmc mm -hmm. but i can tell you exactly where i was i was in cleveland at the Huntington Convention Center at a trade show for my job. And it was our it was my first trade show since all the lockdowns. I had been traveling all the time, but this was like one of the first trade or my second, the second trade show. Oh no, it was the first. Sorry. But anyway, point being, first trade show back. And I'm standing there and I'm looking, you know, I'm like having had a few good interactions, a couple of good leads were coming in, like, all right, cool, this is gonna be great. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and then I like on Twitter and there's some like some drama happening, right? As there always is because it's Twitter. And I sat and I thought to myself, I said, self, if you do everything you can do, if you pour all of your talent and resources into the LP, where will you be in two, three years? How much money will you be making doing that? And the answer came back goose egg. The answer came back zero. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I keep doing my media stuff, I might be, I might not be, it might not replace all my income. 
but I can, I, I, you know, if you like, but binawake.com slash subscribe, you've become a patron. There's going to be a lot more premium content. It's going to kind of be my focus going forward. Um, but it's, it's, you know, like, but I could at least make a little bit and certainly me devoting time to my main hustle of my sales job, my sales and marketing job is making me a lot of money, not yeah. a lot of money, more money than I was making a few years ago. Right. Your point of the uh, getting your life in order in the twenties is such a good one because I was somebody who didn't do as good of a job of that as he could have. And there are reasons for it that if you want my life story, I can give you mm -hmm. over a beer sometime. Well, not a beer. I don't drink beer, but a whiskey for sure. Or a bottle of wine. It, but like, you know, to the point of that's a far, again, it's don't fix the world, fix yourself, get yourself in order and get yourself in order and surround yourself with people who want to succeed and achieve. And you'll find, you'll find the inspire you'll find inspiration in that. I didn't get involved in politics until I got married. Yeah. It's like, it's like for, for me, it's like I had a stable job for like, you know, for four or five years and the, and I was making good money and I bought a house. I, you know, I focused on myself. I had all the, I had the, this idea for the anti-tax and everything I'm doing now with like corporate statecraft and privatization and all that stuff. I had that back in like 2017 hmm. and I didn't get involved in, in politics until April of 2021. And because, and by then I'd been married for almost a year. I had already bought a house and I had a, you know, it's like I, you know, I'm married to my wife and you know, it was only like what six months after that my that we got pregnant with my sons, and we were already planning on kids. Like I had my life already all together, and like I didn't raise my first dollar, you know, uh, until after I I knew I would. It, I didn't raise my first dollar with uh, Mises GOP until like maybe one or two weeks before I found out my wife was pregnant. Yeah, and like that's how far along I was in my in in my I'm twenty I'm twenty nine now. I was 20, I was gonna say we're also then. both men speaking at the end of their twenties and seeing the value that that you know that that yeah. that stuff really really provides right. And it I think really provides a lot of value if you mm -hmm. focus on that stuff first. And so you know we we really do practice what we preach. It's like I want you know it's like I like my day job. I don't want to quit my job. I'm not making Mises GOPs as an excuse to quit my day job. Like somebody is and you know it's like, like I, I, yeah well it's like i i don't i don't need that i really like what i do and so i have no intention of quitting po you know politics for me is always going to be like a, a a side thing and you know and if it really gets big i'll hire a manager i'd rather hire and i already have like one or two picked out that i'd be i'd be lying that if tomorrow the blaze or the daily wire or, you know somebody offered me a contract that i wouldn't take it but in that I'm trying to work independent, like, but, but, but really I wouldn't, I don't need to quit my job. I just see it as, I just see it as a supplement writing and podcasting as a supplemental income. Mm -hmm. Now, at, given the political nature of my writing, if at some, at some point of prominence, I'll have to, right. You kind of have to quit yeah. your day job, but to just to care, but just to carry the point is like, yeah, I'm not trying to where, you know, when I was selling suits, I might have been running away from something because that was, you know, that was a kind of a dead end. That wasn't a career. Right. I was just, yeah. it was just a job. But now, yeah, I, I'm comfortable. Like, in fact, I'm in fact, if, I, I probably wouldn't have started podcasting again if it wasn't for the lockdowns. I mean, you know, like just to your point, like I had worked out a lot of the stuff that I talk about. 
vis-a-vis like practicing skepticism and like mindset and and different philosophical insights. I was working that stuff out just for the fun of it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just kind of how my mind operates. But the I, sharing it and making it a priority came as a result of being more stable. But yeah, and so that that really is the the post the the apraxian prescription. Like focus on you for for your twenties. Focus on your wealth, not just your income. Also on your also on your social wealth, you know, your your friends and your family and building a family. And you know, then you know, build that into power. So when you have a real self-sufficiency, a real power base, you can do you can do it with that. It's like you, you can actually start using that. So and to influence the way the things actually the way the system actually works through specialization and people who actually do that for you know, actually do that for you. You use your influence, you use your money and your, and your power to donate that to like people who actually are using it to get other people elected to uh, to you know places of positions of power that are actually going to make a real difference. Because let's face it, if we had, had you know, I asked Dave Smith this question you know, when, you know, when we uh, had our discussion, I asked him, hey, would you rather have a million new libertarians or 10,000 libertarian mayors? If you could wave a magic wand, pick either or. You pick 10,000 libertarian mayors. I thought he would. I would too, because million new libertarians. What's the point? That doesn't do anything. We had a a ten thousand libertarian mayors. Twenty twenty never would have happened. Not even close. Hundred percent. I mean, that the the lockdowns would have been dead in the water. It never happened. The the whole COVID regime would have just been like nipped in the bud. Ten thousand libertarian mayors. Yeah, because there's only nineteen thousand five hundred municipalities in the United States. That's well. That's well over half. So. As like the, the uh, it's like, yeah, this is a completely different country if libertarians just took power. You just take even just like, like you, even just like a small amount at, at a local government, one libertarian makes a big difference. We punch above our weight class. Yeah, and- yeah forget libertarianism, right? This isn't about the mm-hmm. ideas. This is a, this is a, this is a ma- this is a point about the people. About praxis. Mm-hmm. It's about putting these ideas actually into practice because they actually have quite a lot of good ideas, quite a lot of good social policies that we should be adopting. And we need to get those adopted. I mean, it really kind of goes without you think it goes without saying, but no, it really does need to be said. And I don't mean make a political statement. I mean take that power. I mean take power. So, yeah. and if you want to make political statements, play the media game, play the lobby. You know, play like d- do that. That's where that, that's you know you know what I mean. But don't pretend you're don't pretend you're taking political power, which is the other, which is also yeah. part of that section of the essay. Yeah. Don't pretend, right. don't take people's money saying you're going to win an election and you're going to make a change in the country when really you're just masturbating. Yeah. And that you, yeah, seriously. Oh my God. All right, let's go. Cut Finawake.com. <laughs>